this morning, as a part of our kickoff for the fall and for our sermon series, All of Us, we were talking about where we wanted to start, and we thought we would start with the God who's the God of all of us. And so we thought, what better way to name that the God is the God of all of us and that the church is about all of us than inviting a lot of different voices to come forward and help us read our scripture for this morning. So we're gonna have some different voices who are gonna be joining us because Jeff decided since we're gonna start the story in the beginning, we're gonna do the full Genesis 1 into Genesis 2 verse 4. So we're gonna get to hear from some members of our community and invite you as you hear and listen to these words to just let the words flow over you and be reminded that God is the God who has created and loves all of us and hear anew these words of life again. Oh, the other thing I didn't mention, you'll have some invitation when it says it was good. That's for all of us to get to sail out together. So pay attention on the screen. It's from Genesis 1. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was complete chaos, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And, and it was so. so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And, and it, it was, was so. so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it, and was, it was, so. was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, <clears throat> plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God, and God saw, saw that, that it was, it was good. good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And, and it, it was, was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And, and God, God saw, saw that, that it was good. good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. 
And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth, across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. It was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humans in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humans in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, and over the fish, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And then there was evening, and then there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. On the sixth day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I thought that was amazing. As we think about our theme of all of us, that as we enter into this new year, that it's gonna take all of us and all of us as we seek to be faithful to the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, I think for us to represent ourselves with multiple voices and multiple faces uh, made a lot of sense. In our family, um, when we are, have a special occasion or we have um, a uh, special place where we are at or there's something we just want to remember, we take selfies at, at, at our house. 
I don't know if you do that. I, I can't even tell you how many selfies I have on my phone. A few years ago, when we went to uh, Disneyland, uh, that this church was so gracious to send us, uh, I took selfies with all the Disney characters. Some of which, I, they're in the background of my pictures and they recognize that I'm taking a selfie from a distance and they're waving. Yeah, I love selfies. This is a, a special day as we kick off our fall. It's a special day as we think about getting in the game and thinking about how we can present all of us to the work that's ahead of us. And so I thought we should take a selfie. So, you know, kind of get together. And it usually takes me this long to do it. All right, I got it. And I got you on the camera. All right, everybody smile. Cheese, thank you. Got it. As I want to remember this day, I want to remember that this is the day that we come together as the church called Meeting House, recognizing the past two years we have been through, recognizing that this can be the season where we look forward and create together what God wants for this church, for this space and well beyond, for what God wants to do in this place, but in each of us as well. The church, the church. Let's look to God as we begin this year. Let's remember these past two years and all of what it took for us to get to here, and now let's move forward. As the kids would say, it is what it is. We are who we are, and together now, uniting around what God wants to create in us and through us, let's see where God will lead. Amen? Amen. Genesis 1 is one of the most talked about passages in all of scripture, I think. And it's essential for us to look at and understand because it puts this life in perspective. But it also teaches us something about how to live our lives individually and collectively. The first thing to notice about this passage is that it talks about origins. Our passage in some translations starts from the very beginning when it says, in the beginning. When something is wrong or broken, we go to the manufacturer or the store that sold that item. We have something that's broken and needs to be fixed, we go back to where we got it, to the ones who made it. They're the ones who know how to fix the problem. They have manuals that tell one how to use and maintain their products. I have found, maybe this is true for you, more than once that when I have an item that's broken and I take it back to be fixed, I discover that I hadn't really treated it or handled it in the way it should have been, which has led to it being broken. But we get all this perspective by returning to where and by whom it originated. How many times have I failed in my attempts to assemble anything from IKEA because I didn't follow the directions? 
I always think I can do it by just looking at the pictures on the box. Sometimes we just have to go to the source again. Remember how it began, the purpose and the direction that came from that. Our passage for today, Genesis 1, tells us about the origins of the world. And in doing so, he tells us about our own origins. Our beginnings are rooted in God. God is the creator, not the created. God all-powerful and able in ways we can't debate all the nuances of this morning, launched and presided over creation and still does. I hold fast to the belief that we cannot correctly understand ourselves or the world until we better understand those origins. Science offers us great, complex answers to all kinds of how questions. Our faith, our faith can offer us answers to who questions. Who is behind the world? Who created it all? Who has a purpose for you and for me, for this church? These questions lead us to our origin answers. And as our passage declares to the God who was and is invested in it all. Our origins, the beginnings of plants and animal life, the beginning of light and darkness, physics and chemistry, gravity and photosynthesis, the sources of all that is, physical matter and the laws that govern the physical realm, the biology of humans and the heart of humanity, the complexities of DNA and the mysteries of love. Again, the origins of all that is. I believe and declare is found in the will and intention of God in creation. God's the originator. God's the creator. Our passage says, in the beginning, God, before all this got jump-started, came into being, thrown into motion, before all that is, was God. So doesn't it make sense, friends, to go back to the source, to look for that leading, to trust that guidance that can come if we certainly want to live out the life that God intends? Our guide as people of faith is Scripture. And in all of its complications, in one translation of our passage for today, it says that the Spirit of God hovered over creation like a mother hen hovers over her about to hatch eggs. Kind of like the concert composer who hovers over that blank sheet of paper just before they mark that first note of a masterpiece. Or the painter hovers over an empty canvas just before that first splash of color. The Spirit of God hovered over the darkness, shapeless, chaotic void of nothingness, just before, let there be light. Let there be light was declared and it began. And God began the process we celebrate as creation. All of creation. All of the world around us and you and me as well. 
as people of faith, our origins are rooted in God and in God's purposes. Because I believe God created, I also think creation began with God, not merely luck or chance. So if I'm right, then creation began with God and thus had a God-given purpose. That can be known. Knowing someone or someone's origin is more than just knowing where it started, though. It's about more than knowing the pieces fit together. But origins also tell us about purpose and intention and direction. I don't believe we can fully understand or find the meaning for this world or our own personal purpose in this world apart from God, even though we often try to. What if we are not here on this earth because of blind luck? What if you and I are here because, not here because of chance? What if we are not here by accident? What would this mean? What would this mean regarding our choices, our use of time, the use of our gifts, abilities, and talents, and how we care for the creation around us, and how, and how we relate to one another? I believe this world exists because a God far removed from our complete understanding chose to create. And in creating, God gave the world and you and I purpose and design. So if this is true, then for us, it's to, for us, it's to find our places and purpose in this world. Whether we're in elementary school or living in the land of retirement, we must look to God for leading, for direction, for purpose. When God created, God did so with stuff in mind. When we understand our origins, we can understand that our lives have a purpose. I'm committed to this belief that there is a reason for you and a reason for me and a reason for us collectively. And if that's so, then God has a purpose for us being together as the church this church and the church, and has a purpose for us to live as a faith-directed community. An interesting thing happens in verse four of our passage. God speaks and the light shines. Incidentally, did you notice that God didn't create the sun and moon until later? It's as though the light emanates from God, not from some created source. It gives even more oomph to Jesus' claim that Jesus simultaneously, both God and human, is the light of the world. God speaks, light shines. Verse four says, God saw that the light was good. This begins a pattern that we see throughout the process of creation, don't we? God creates, God evaluates, then God declares that it's good. This includes you and me. It, it consists of the entire world. And if it's good, we ask ourselves hard questions. How we are best caring 
for that which God declared is good. God is the creator. We find our beginnings in God and God created with purpose, thus giving our lives meaning. So it is imperative to recognize that God evaluates creation and that God called it good. When God created and continues to create, he says it has value. Genesis tells us that at each stage of the creative process, God stopped long enough to evaluate the work and declare it good. It's good. This has enormous implications for our lives. Life and our existence have meaning and purpose because the world was created with intention and design. God looked at all that was formed and called it good and set it into motion. God was, and still is, pleased. But we all know there's work to be done, isn't there? Work to protect and oversee that which God proclaimed to be good. Work that will take all of us. I understand that life in God's creation is hard. Some might even say it's impossible at times. However, we can choose and encourage one another to keep choosing. Not to let this reality steal the joy of knowing that our purpose and our peace can be found in our relationship with God, modeled for us in the life of Jesus. God created out of love, and God created with purpose, and God created for hope. All of which we can know by faith and continue to share with others. It's the good work of the church. In church, there's even better news. God isn't done creating in so many ways. God continues to create new life in all whose hearts seek the transformation that can come from seeking God. We can experience this as individuals and as the community of faith, both the church and this church. We can know this. We can experience this. We can be set free from those places that hold us from where we want to be and God calls us to be. So church, will you believe with me as we begin a new program here that God will create new life and a new future for this body? It will come if we truly seek reconciliation and unity together. First with God, then one with the other. Can you believe with me our staff, our lay leaders, that God will create new life in this church as we join together to do good for Christ's sake in faith. God is still creating. So let's together look for that good that God wants to create within us, between us, and through us, and then to continue on that path 
wherever it may lead. We look back over our past 76 years and we could not have seen, our founding parents could not have seen where we would end up today. But here we are. And we can only imagine and dream and pray where God will lead us next. Friends, we will never know all the answers to God's creation. But our passage suggests that God does. If this is true, then there is value and dignity for everything and everyone. And we need to continue to go to that source that will teach us, that will transform us, that will guide us each day. In verse 2, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In this Genesis account of creation, the Spirit is God's nurturing, abiding, hovering presence as the creative work emerges. I believe this is that same Spirit that Jesus promised to give his disciples. That same Spirit poured out on Jesus' followers in that upper room. The same Spirit pouring out on us today. It's the same Spirit that hovers over all of our lives. Whether they be filled with chaos or desperation, whether we feel aimless or lost, whether our lives are simply a mess, the Spirit of God is hovering over our lives to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. Because God's not done with creation in our lives and the world around us. The Spirit of God who was present as the universe began and declared it was good wants to create something new in you and in me, in this church, in the church. A new heart, a new attitude, a new point of view, a renewed call to intentional, intimate relationships with new hope. Church, I choose to believe God wants to create healing where there's brokenness, order where there is chaos, hope where there is despair, love where there is bitterness, and faith where there's doubt. It's going to take all of you and me to experience the fullness of what God desires. It's going to take all of you and all of me As I've been pondering this fall kickoff, this idea of getting in the game, I'm wondering if our core values that have sat on this platform and been a part of all of the things that we publish for years, I wonder if we were to pause today and rethink these core values. Is there some direction there that can help us understand what God might want to create in us and through us? Is God creating a path for us to go forward? Our first core value is welcome beloved. Who are we welcoming into the life of this church? Who do you know that needs community, that needs support and encouragement, who needs the family of faith around them? Who are you inviting to sit alongside you? 
or to join you on a stream. Welcome, beloved, is not just for a staff to offer. It's for the church to invite, to be that welcoming presence, not only to those who we invite, but those who we meet in the common, alongside us in the pews, alongside us in the classes and various other places. We must welcome the beloved if we are going to create a future for us. We must risk the messy path of faith. It's hard to be followers of Jesus in our world. It's hard. Because we know the life of Jesus calls us to messiness. And we hate it. We hate it. It's going to be messy to live out our values. It's going to be messy to live like Jesus. To humbly love others. But it's the path of faith. Will you risk something new this fall? Will you take another risky step in the journey of your faith? We need to wrestle, church, with the tensions of God's word and world. We have, in so many ways, gotten so clear about who we are and what we are and what we do and what we don't do and what this means for us as a church and as individuals. But you know what? God continues to want to create newness in our lives. That might be a challenge to a hard belief that we have, a hard-fought understanding of what we are, who we are in the world around us. And maybe God's going to do something new. It means that you're going to have to wrestle with that, the tensions of what it means to live out our life of faith and what the scriptures truly do mean for our lives today. And will you immerse yourself in the sacred spaces and rhythms of our faith? Maybe make a commitment to be here maybe one more Sunday a month so that you don't miss your family of faith. Maybe this is the time to find that Bible study, that little community of folks that you can open up the word and struggle with scripture and wrestle with the tensions together. Maybe this is the time for you to be more intentional about your prayer life. To really set aside some time, not only to share your list of needs and concerns and hopes and dreams, but then just to listen for God. Listen for God's voice, creating something new in you. And friends, let's continue to stand on the shoulders of faithful members of this church who have done good for Christ's sake. Let's find our place today and for tomorrow of how we're going to do good for Christ's sake. One of the things you're going to learn next week if you're here, you're going to meet a woman named Joy Shagstead. She's going to help us to ask questions in the community around us and help us to find a way that we might be a blessing to the community that's here in a way that we maybe haven't done before. We're going to do that as a church, but maybe we need to do that for our own journey of faith. How can I do good in a new way for Christ's sake? It's going to take all of us and all of us, all of us and all of us and whoever God brings into our midst to do the work that calls us to. 
Because it's bigger than us, isn't it? Next week during the engagement fair will be opportunities for you to present yourself to God, to the God of creation, and seek the Spirit's leading for our days ahead. What would that mean for you, for me? What will that mean for this church? What will it mean for the world around us? I don't know about you, but I'm excited to find out. And I'm excited to do it with you. Let us pray. God, we are grateful that you have not given up on us, that you are still actively engaged in a creation that struggles. And so God, as we look to you, and we stand side by side with others. Help us to do the hard work, to welcome the beloved, to risk the messy path, to wrestle with the tensions, to immerse ourselves in the practices that will help us to grow, and then to go out into the world and do good for, in your name's sake. We're grateful that your promise are real. Your presence can be experienced transformation, new creation can be known. Do your good work, O oh God, in us and through us, we pray. Amen.